Welcome to The Right Gear, a new podcast for writers that's all about the stuff we use to get our job done. From computers and apps to pens and journals, this podcast is here to explore them all. And not just from my perspective. There will be conversations with all types of writers and authors about the tools they use and how they use them. Who am I? I'm Kay Tempest Bradford, a science fiction and fantasy author, freelance journalist, and media critic. Back in 2008, I started writing about mobile technology for a living and have spent the better part of the ensuing years playing with, evaluating, and writing about laptops, tablets, accessories, smartphones, and a ton of gadgets you probably never heard of and you don't want to. I'm also a major journal aficionado, and I'm super particular about my pens. All right, it's episode one, and it's all about CES. Well, the laptops of CES, that is. And for those of you who don't know, CES stands for the Consumer Electronics Show, which takes place in early January every year. It's one of the biggest technology showcases in the world, and it's where most major tech companies announce all the gadgets they're going to put out in the first half of the year. It's a big deal, goes on for almost a week, and produces an overwhelming number of blog posts and articles detailing who made what thing and why and hopefully how much it costs. I waited into the CES coverage to find out which laptops are worth keeping an eye out for over the next few months, because writers love laptops, right? So let's dive in. Technology giant Lenovo, as always, announced a huge slew of products this year, so don't be surprised if you hear this brand name more than once during this episode. The first I want to talk about is the new Lenovo ThinkPad 13, which is interesting for three reasons. Price, the operating system, and the hardware itself. So this laptop comes in two versions, one that runs Microsoft Windows and one that runs Google Chrome OS. The Windows version is the one I'm most excited about because the price starts at $450 and it has a great keyboard. ThinkPad keyboards are some of the best that you can find on a laptop. Yes, even better than Apple. Though even within this brand, there is some variation. Now, when I want to know which keyboard, which ThinkPad keyboard is the best one, I go to Avram Pilch, who writes for Laptop Magazine, because he is a ThinkPad expert. He has laid his hands on every ThinkPad that has come out at least in the last 10 years. So what Avram says about the ThinkPad 13 is that it has keys with 2.1 millimeters of vertical travel. And vertical travel is important because it's how far the key goes down when you press it. You don't want to have a shallow travel. You don't want it to go down just a little bit. You want it to go down a lot for like really good keyboard feel. And the reason why this is a big deal is that on some of the less expensive ThinkPad laptops are some and even some of the more expensive ones, some of the like super thin ones, you don't get a lot of travel, mostly because the laptop itself is super thin. But Avram says the keyboard that is on this ThinkPad that starts at $450 is just like the the keyboard that is on the ThinkPad T series. And that is like the flagship ThinkPad series. That is the series of laptop that I have. And I bought it specifically because of that great keyboard. So you have like very inexpensive ThinkPad laptop with the keyboard of a more expensive laptop. And it even has a better keyboard than the X1 Carbon, which is a super thin ThinkPad. But because it's super thin, it doesn't have very much key travel. So we're talking great keyboard, low price. The ThinkPad 13 really has me excited for that reason. So that $450 price is really sweet, but it's probably not going to include all the hardware I'd recommend if you were going to buy this. To start, even on a 13-inch laptop, I would always opt for a full HD 
that is a 1080p display instead of a lower resolution 720p display. And the 720p display is going to be what the base cost starts at. I also always say get at least eight gigabytes of RAM. And with this laptop, you'll be able to get the option of having Windows 7 on it instead of Windows 10 if you customize it. But that usually costs an extra $50 to do. And don't ask me why it costs more money to get the older version of Windows. I think Microsoft is just punishing you. But anyway, even with those things, even if you get like the high resolution screen and the eight gigabytes of RAM and the Windows 7, you still might be able to get this laptop for between $600 and $700, depending on what each of those elements cost and if there's a sale. And, and there's always a sale going on at Lenovo. It just depends on how much the sale price is. But anyway, between $600 and $700 is still really excellent for a ThinkPad laptop with a really great keyboard. The Chromebook version of this, which is going to run Google's Chrome OS, is going to have the same overall keyboard, but with some a few differences that are specific to Google's operating system. And because it's a Chromebook instead of a full-fledged laptop, the base options for internal storage, RAM, and the processor start out lower. Now, in the near future, I'm going to do an episode on whether Chrome OS is a good choice for writers, and I'll talk more about this version of the ThinkPad 13 at that time. The other Lenovo laptop unveiled at CES that's worth mentioning right here is the Yoga 900S. Now, Yoga series laptops are the ones that they can bend all the way around. They have the 360 degree hinge. So you can use them like a regular laptop or flip it so just the screen is showing or you can set it up like a tent or you can fold the keyboard all the way back and just use it like a tablet. This idea is really neat. I have always thought so ever since they first introduced the Yoga. The execution isn't always 100% awesome. However, both SlashGear.com and PCMag put this laptop on their best of CES lists, in part because it's super light, it has a high resolution display, and it supports active pen input, which can be really important for writers. The Yoga 900S has a 12.5 inch display. Now, it's a little big to use as a tablet if you're used to like an iPad or some other 10-inch tablet, but 12 inches isn't too big to be a tablet. And uh, most important for writers, uh, the dimensions here are slightly bigger than that of like an 8.5 by 11-inch paper. So if you wanted to like mark up your manuscript with the digital pen the same way you would with a regular pen and paper, you will probably get a very similar experience. And since the touchscreen display has a really high resolution, the text should be crisp no matter what size you're comfortable with. So that's pretty cool. But there are some potential drawbacks I see. One thing is that it runs on an Intel Core M processor. And if you're not a huge processor hardware geek, and you're like, what does that even mean? What it means is that it might not be as powerful or as fast as, say, the ThinkPad 13, which uses different, higher-end, more powerful processors. The Core M processor is designed for very thin laptops or, or tablets. You don't need a fan to keep things cool because it doesn't generate a lot of heat, but it's also just not as powerful. That's the important thing to know about Core M. So with Core M, you will be able to, like, say, run your word processing software and, you know, do anything you want to in, say, Chrome or Firefox or whatever. But if you start getting into more high-end activities with your laptop, it might be slower. The other thing is, is that the pen, uh, I said it works with, uh, the Yoga has, works with Active Pen. That pen is not included. <laughs> also, this laptop starts at $1,100. So here's a trend that I noticed when I was looking through all the laptop posts that came out of CES. Large laptops, low weights. 
All right. How many of you out there remember netbooks? How many of you love them? <laughs> I did. I jumped on the netbook train almost immediately when I bought the original Asus EPC. I owned or heavily used dozens of netbooks and I will forever have a place in my heart for the best of them, which was the Samsung NC10. I still miss you, NC10. Aw. One of the things that made netbooks great was the weight. Most of them weighed just 2.8 pounds, which was light enough that you could carry them everywhere without really feeling, you know, bogged down or like your shoulders were going to fall off. I would pack mine in a bag, even if I wasn't sure I'd get a chance to write, because at that weight and size, why not bring it? Netbooks went away too soon for me, but one of their enduring legacies is that all laptops started getting smaller and thinner and lighter. In the past couple of years, it's been pretty standard for 13 and some 14-inch laptops to slip under the 3-pound mark and get more towards that netbooky 2.8-pound weight. Now, though, now we have 15-inch laptops that weigh less than 2.8 pounds, and it is glorious. So I want you to raise some praise hands for the Samsung Notebook 9, which comes in two sizes, 15.6 and 13.3 inches. The 15-inch model is 2.84 pounds. That is netbook weight, people. And this is the kind of laptop you can carry around all day, yet you're not limited to a teeny tiny screen or a slow processor. Because the performance is going to be like any other laptop because it does have the Intel Core i5 or Core i7 processors that I was talking about before that have, you know, the great performance, the more powerful performance. Unfortunately, the base model, like the one that starts at the lowest price, only has four gigabytes of RAM. And I just feel like four gigabytes of RAM is not enough to run Windows these days. You can run it and it will run slow. <laughs> so I always say get eight gigabytes if you can. And eight gigabytes will be available with a Notebook 9. Plus, you're going to get some full size USB ports and an SD card slot, which I still think is important. Now, battery life is supposed to be stellar as well. You're supposed to get 12 hours out of the 15-inch model. Now, of course, you can't always trust the manufacturer estimates on this one, but even if you get 10 on a 15-inch laptop that weighs less than three pounds, that's pretty good. I really, really hope this laptop proves to be as fabulous as the list of hardware specifications makes it seem. Samsung says it will come out in early 2016, but it hasn't yet dropped the price on us. My guess is that it will start off somewhere in the $900 to $1,000 range. And if you still don't want, you know, that biggest screen, the 15-inch screen, even if it is super light, which some people don't, the 13.3-inch model is just as impressive, and it weighs 1.9 pounds. And it has the same internal hardware options, and it still has the same 1080p resolution screen. Either way, I feel like the Samsung Notebook 9 is definitely going to be on like a lot of people's wish lists. And Samsung isn't the only company that's making these big screen, low weight laptops. Um, that configuration popped up across several computer makers this year, which means that it'll probably be standard a year from now, which hooray, thank goodness. One other notable entrant from this category is the LG Gram 15. LG's uh, Gram line, there's the Gram 13 and Gram 14, it, the, it features laptops that weigh about a kilogram, which is 2.2 pounds. And so we've seen the 13 and 14 inch models. Now we have a 15.6 inch one. The hardware inside is uh, really similar to the Samsung Notebook 9, except that the LG Gram's base price includes 
8 gigabytes of RAM and 256 gigabytes of internal storage, which is a very good thing. Brad Linder of lilyputing.com, which is a great resource, especially for those of you who want like super portable laptops. He said that the Gram 15 is one of the most exciting things I've seen so far on the first day of CES week. It's hard to convey just how light this laptop feels when you hold it in your hands. There are a few flies in the ointment, though. The keyboard is not backlit. I didn't think that keyboard backlighting was all that important and still, until I started doing a lot of writing in sort of dimly lit areas. And I was like, oh, it'd be really nice if I could see. But if keyboard backlighting isn't your thing, that's fine. But the other thing is that uh, the webcam is not at the top center of the screen. So with the LG uh, Gram, one of the ways that they got it to be, you know, really light is that they didn't make the the chassis, the case that holds everything that big. It's actually not that much bigger than the 14-inch version. And so it has like a very thin bezel and everything is kind of compacted, even though it's a 15.6-inch screen, it's kind of compacted into more of a 14-inch computer size. And we saw this in another laptop that came out last year that everybody was super impressed with, which was the Dell XPS 13. And just like the XPS 13, because there's a very, very tiny bezel around the screen of the laptop, they didn't have room to put the webcam at the top. So instead, they put it at the bottom which then if you are trying to video chat with someone, they are looking up your nose and it is not pleasant. So if you do a lot of video chats, then maybe this laptop is not for you. So the LG Gram 15 is going to be out next month and you can already pre-order it on Amazon.com. And it starts at $1,100 and there are configurations that go on up to $1,500. I would wait though until the reviews are out before you go and purchase it. And speaking of that, that's one of the things that you can expect from this podcast is a follow-up of the products I mentioned this week. One of the sad things about CES is that laptops and tablets and other gadgets that seem like great ideas and look amazing on the show floor and even demo really well sometimes turn out to be duds when people actually start using them. So there will be follow-ups. However, CES is one of the few times I'll spend time talking about products that aren't actually out. For the most part, as concerns technology, I will concentrate on products that have been out for a while that reviewers and other writers have used and really like. In the meantime, there are links to posts and hands-on videos for all the laptops I mentioned this week in the show notes. That's it for this week's episode of The Right Gear. Thanks for listening, and I hope you like this first episode enough to subscribe to this new podcast. You can do so by visiting www.therightgear.com, and that's right spelled W-R-I-T-E, where all the podcast feeds are listed. You'll also find the blog and links to the social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and more. If you want to follow me personally, head over to ktempestbradford.com for links to all my social media endeavors. In the next podcast, I'll talk about the most interesting tablets of CES and what writers should look for in a tablet. Until then, I'm Kay Tempest Bradford, and I challenge you to go write something. The Right Gear podcast on Hologram Radio is written and edited by yours truly and produced by head hologram Alex Knight. Our logo was created by Ashley Emma Onstott and made colorful by our graphic hologram, Michael Norton.